powered by the Inside the Birds podcast. You know, we, we recognize the, the ability of the roster that's, that's put together right now. And I think we have the ability to do something really special uh, with this group, but it's going to take a lot of hard work. Now, live from inside the Matt Black Kia Studios, it's football at four. All right, football at four is powered by the Inside the Birds podcast. And today, Andrew DeCecco brings it to you. A lot of stuff to dive into. It's brought to you by Dr. Lyle M. Back. For everything from skin care to cosmetic surgery, go to ilovelyleback.com. Call 856-MAKEOVER or Dr. Lyle M. Back, proud sponsor of football at four. So let's dive into some uh, plenty of things to dive into here. and Get Andrew's take and thoughts, including was there a guy on that field last night that he liked to see wearing midnight green? I'm sure he's got a couple thoughts on that as well. Let's bring him in. Andrew DeCecco, 97.3 ESPN, Inside the Birds. And he joins us now on the Boardwalk Honda Hotline. What's going on, Andrew? Hey, Mike. How are you, man? All is well, man. And I know uh, the big story has obviously been Doug Peterson uh, let go by the Philadelphia Eagles parting ways. I want to get your take on, do you think Doug Peterson just had enough? Like, when you when 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 that news came down yesterday, what was your initial thought? I think Doug knew exactly what he was getting himself into when he had that second meeting with Jeffrey. He took the weekend, I'm sure, to gather his thoughts. And you know what I think happened, Mike, was I think he just got, frankly, he was just sick and tired of being told what to do. I mean, 77% of his staff, I believe, was picked for him. Um, and he almost he, he was simply a, a mouthpiece and was forced to take a lot of the blame for a lot of the inadequacies that were around him. And I think after he almost seemed relieved to be out from under that mess and he's not going to he won't have to wait much longer to find a job. I mean, Jeffrey said it himself that he expects him to find a job possibly by the end of the week. So um, overall, when. We keep hearing a lot of like some mixed signaling here, so I want to get your take on on what we're. How do you make sense of you know? There's some spin or narrative that hey, the coaching staff wanted Jalen Rieger, Howie Roseman wanted Justin Jefferson, but they just kind of it's a collaborative effort. So many times people have asked why Lori lets Roseman off the hook. So yesterday. The thought process is, well, Peterson doesn't have a loud enough voice. He wants to be heard more. And yet, on the other side, we're hearing, well, he's the guy, really, that wanted Jalen Rager. Last year, uh, when the pick came in for Hertz, hey, that was a Doug Peterson pick, we were told. So, did he not have a voice, or did he just not have the voice with the coaching staff? Like, how do you make sense of what's going on right now in the post-Peterson, you know, uh, 24 hours? Well, what I'll say before I answer that, Mike, is I, I also think that the Eagles brass, what they do to leak certain stories to the media hours before they decide to part ways with Doug was completely irresponsible on their part to kind of do a smear campaign on Doug. We'll never know what happens in that war room, but it's easy to say that Doug, you know, that Doug wanted Rager and they wanted Jefferson and now that he's not here and we'll never really know. But what I will say is Jeffrey Lurie's a smart man. I have a hard time thinking he's that obtuse to absolve Howie of any wrongdoing. I think Howie has made his share of mistakes, but I, there's a part of me that wonders if he's so, he's so loyal to Howie because I think he's telling Howie who to draft. In, in the case of, you know, J.J. Ortega-Whiteside, I think that he was a very prominent voice saying, this is the guy that I want on the team. 
how he how he was you know the advocate for that. He was just doing what his boss was telling him to do, and I think that there's something there. I, I think that he was kind of just following orders. When Jeffrey Lurie spoke yesterday, he used the term assets when discussing the two quarterbacks. I feel like that's getting lost because of the Doug Peterson news, but what do you think about that? Yeah, Hunter, the first thing that stuck out to me was he said, but when he was addressing Wentz, he called him, uh, you know, he played at a, he had played at an elite level, and he called him an asset first, then he said he was a talent. Um, you know, it's and then his whole his, his whole messaging at the end of that thing, at the end of his presser, was trying to get younger and not to hold on to nostalgia and to really, you know, he made it seem like it's going to be a few years before they return to prominence and that Doug Peterson had a plan that was strictly to get back on course for 2021. That, to me, signals, if you read between the lines, of course, that, that Jalen Hurts uh, is going to be uh, their quarterback moving forward. If you're looking about getting younger and getting younger pieces um, through the draft and, and rebuilding the right way, like so many teams are, that you watch the playoffs and you see that so many teams are, are just younger and more dynamic. Um, to me, it all it, it's all signs point to you know them looking to load Carson once in the off season, and then shortly after that, you hear you know whispers about uh, Lincoln Riley, them reaching out to Lincoln Riley and him being a possibility. So um, suddenly, all the stars start to align there. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. How much say will the next head coach have in that decision? And let's let's just hypothetically go with them picking a defensive guy. Less. Well, what's that? Less. Less? Yeah. Less what? Less mm-hmm. say. You said how much say. I said less. Oh, less say. I'm less. over here like less. Less what? Less Bowen? No. I didn't know where you were going there. I was a little confused. It threw less, me off. Less say. Right. That's my point. It's like They go with a, a new head coach. Does he have any power to make that type of decision? Well, it's going to be interesting, right? Because they pretty much gave Jim Schwartz free reign on the defensive side of the ball. If they hire a defensive coach, which I have a hard time envisioning them doing, I think that they're going to be less likely to intervene and give him. They're going to give him more of a more of an opportunity to to kind of craft his staff and do his thing on that side of the football. However, I mean, it's if, it, if we're talking about Lincoln Riley, I know him and Howie Rosen have a history. Um, I think that they'd be on the same page, and I think he'd have a little bit more wiggle room to do some do some things that Doug wasn't able to do, or that they couldn't get Doug to do, um, you know, in in the latter stages of, of this season. Um, so anybody else, I agree with you, Mike. I don't think that they're going to have much say. But if it was the right guy in, in Lincoln Riley who who is, is in cahoots with with Howie or has a history with him at least, um, I think that that might be a little bit different. All right, so. Let's go through what we know now in that these are some candidates and get your take on your uh, the person you think would be the best or most exciting fit. What is your take on Robert Salah, the defensive coordinator from the 49ers? Uh, I love his energy. Um, I love his passion. I love his mentality and how he gets guys to, to, to play. He, he prioritizes things that the Eagles fans wouldn't be accustomed to, like, you know, if they're sitting at six and he's the head coach all of a sudden Michael Parsons becomes uh, a legitimate possibility with that selection he prioritizes the linebacker position he has a whole different mentality from the previous regimes and I think those are some things you would see a completely different change um, in philosophy there Um, so that's I mean I think that would be an interesting one I know he had a second visit with the Jets today and the Jets would be wise not to let him leave that building because I have a I have a sneaky suspicion 
um, that he he would he's going to have a lot of other offers and possibly more desirable spots, maybe even Philadelphia. All right. What about uh, also being interviewed? Uh, requested Art Smith, uh, the Tennessee Titans offensive coordinator. Now, um, you know they're very play action. They have a horse running back with Derrick Henry. I don't know if this roster is the best fit for him, but your take on Arthur Smith. Yeah, Arthur Smith is a young coordinator. He had play calling duties. but He was a first-time play caller last season. I thought he was very inventive and creative with some of the schemes that he was able to draw up. Obviously, their offense runs through Derrick Henry, so and, and he's a little bit limited there with Ryan Tannehill. However, he did do a fantastic job getting Ryan Tannehill back on track, which if, he's in, if he becomes the guy, maybe he can rehabilitate Wentz. Um, I, I, do like, I, I do like his offensive mind, and I think that would be similar to the mindset of what Howie and, and Jeffrey are looking for in head coach. How about going in-house with someone like Deuce? I feel if not now for him, it's probably going to be never in Philadelphia. Yeah, you know, Deuce is going to get his opportunity here uh, to audition for that role again. And you, you won't find a single person in that organization or who's left that organization, look at Malcolm Jenkins yesterday, that, that doesn't have something positive to say about Deuce Daly. Everyone echoes the same sentiments about Deuce, his leadership, his ability to lead men. Um, he can command a room. These are these are you know important qualities to obviously have in a, in a head coach, and I think he really deserves a legitimate opportunity to be the face of the franchise here. What is a lot of people have wondered? He's made it through multiple head coaches here. He's been on the staff. What do you think the deterrent is as to why uh, he has not been considered, or if he does not, I, he'll get an interview, I would imagine, but. Uh, if he yeah. does not get the job, what are some of the things? And I would imagine if he doesn't get the job, he might not stay on the staff. So that that could be another thing is if they really want him to around here, it's either he's the coach or he might they might lose him. Yeah, it's hard to say because I, I believe that he's viewed differently around the league than how he's viewed in Philadelphia. The one deterrent I might say is he, he he's not a play caller. I, I mean – he had an opportunity. I thought that he deserved the opportunity to be the offensive coordinator, that, and they went with Mike Grow. And that right there was, you know, a red flag to me. That, you know, why do you keep bypassing this guy? He seems to have the resume and and the ability to kind of move up the coaching ladder. Um, and they gave him a different role, of course. But I, I, it's hard to say, Mike. I'm not really sure why he hasn't gotten a fair shake in Philadelphia. Okay, another name that apparently the Eagles have requested to interview is Todd Bowles. Now. He was here as a defensive coordinator on an interim basis. I think it was when Juan Castillo got fired. Uh, he was, was then the head coach with the Jets. He has been a coordinator with the Arizona. He is currently the coordinator for Tampa Bay. Yeah, see, now this this is a name that kind of struck me as a bit off. I know I know South Powell reported that. He has Philadelphia ties, of course. Um, he was here, and, and he – he took over and, and kind of played a temple. Kind of, yeah. He played a temple and he took over the defense here. I believe it was 2012. And um, he, he, when he was a coach for the Jets, he was kind of just that middling. Doesn't really have uh, a standout quality. He's kind of just he's a mild mannered guy, um, defensive minded, of course. But he doesn't really, to me, move the needle one way or the other. Obviously, it would be another change in philosophy, much like what Robert Salary would do for uh, if he were the Eagles head coach. But um, uh, I'm not really sure. I do think that Tampa Bay has 
a couple of other candidates that would be enticing for from a defensive coordinator perspective in Larry Foote, their offensive, their outside linebackers coach and inside linebackers coach Mike Caldwell. Um, so those are two names to watch as well, I think. The hottest name out there is Enemy. Do you think there's any chance of that? You can go from the Chiefs offensive coordinator and Doug Peterson to the Chiefs offensive coordinator. Yeah, well, it's, it's tough, Hunter, because they're already so far behind in, in the coaching chase here that if you wait, the Chiefs might be might are probably going to advance to the Super Bowl. So if you wait too long and all these guys that are on your list start landing with jobs and you're really banking on Eric Bieniemy or Mike Kafka, uh, or, or unless you chop to go to the college ranks, of course. But, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens because he's gotten a ton of interviews, Eric Bieniemy, over the past couple of seasons. I've heard many, a multitude of different stories as to why he hasn't caught on to one. Um, but – it's 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 going to depend because I feel like they've waited too long. They didn't anticipate being in a coaching search at this stage, the Philadelphia Eagles. So, um, I mean, I'm sure he's going to be on their list, of course. He's an enticing candidate, but uh, I, I don't know if they can afford to wait that long. Um, Mike Kafka was a guy um, that, you know, you mentioned and uh, was a quarterback here. He was a backup or really a third-string guy, I think, um, he was a draft choice here. He's on Andy Reid's staff. They wanted to interview him last year to be the offensive coordinator, but they kind of bailed because they assumed that they were going to get blocked. It was kind of a weird story, but uh, he's a young guy, 34, I think, years old. So uh, would Mike Kafka suit their needs? Now, here's the thing with Mike Kafka. I think that they can always have him in their back pocket because, yes, Andy Reid likely won't let him leave for an offensive coordinator role because he's being groomed to be the Kansas City offensive coordinator. We all believe for a head coach coaching opportunity. Now, Mike is very young. He, that'd, be a, that'd be a nice little jump for him. But I, I've always been led to understand that he had believed that Eric Bieniemy is going to be a head coach somewhere. Um, so, But I do think that if he's going to depart for, for anything, he's, and he's going to give him his blessing to more to do with the development of Patrick Mahomes than Eric Bieniemy did. He's a very valuable asset to the Kansas City Chiefs organization, and a lot of people may not know that, but he, he was very instrumental for what, he, for what Patrick Mahomes has been able to do so early in his career. And, and I do, I mean, he has that Northwestern background. He's obviously a very intelligent guy. Um, from what I understand, he's very innovative. innovative. For me, he would be on my short list of candidates to bring in as a head coach. How do you feel about Joe Brady? Joe Brady is, is, is another guy who's on the upswing. He's 31 years old, Hunter, and I feel like if the Eagles don't bring him in now, if he, then they're probably not going to get him. He's going to have a lot of suitors coming up here. Um, he's, the, the age and, and the inexperience might, might kind of drive a lot of teams away, but I, I think that he has the mindset and, and the, the, of what Jeff and, and, uh, and Howie are looking for. College ranks uh, Lincoln Riley. Um, obviously, the Eagles have gone down this road before. Uh, Jeff Mosher reporting that they've already made the call. So, you know, the one thing with Riley, you know, offense, 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 work with Jalen Hurts. That makes it a very interesting story. Work with Murray, work with Baker Mayfield. So, obviously, he's got that pedigree. Um, it would certainly add to the quarterback uh, kangaroo court that we're going to have here coming up. But they play no defense at Oklahoma. Yeah, um, like you said, he's more of an offensive-minded guy. You, you, you have to look at what he's been able to do with quarterbacks. Um, you, you named it Baker Mayfield, Kyler Murray, Jalen Hurts. I, I, the offense would certainly be 
explosive and dynamic like we haven't seen uh, since the early days of the Chip Kelly era. But um, I think he really, what, what's really important here is the quarterback head coach dynamic. And if you bring a guy like Lincoln Riley in, it's going to immensely help Jalen Hurts. They're going to be able to cater an offense to his skill set. He's going to have that familiarity there. I think Howie, not that different to us, but to the to the brass, you know, Howie's going to have a comfortability with him. And um, I, I think that it would kind of – he, to me, seems like a guy that they, that they would target along with an Arthur Smith. But, um, I mean, whoever he hires as his defensive coordinator is going to be one of the most crucial crucial hirings for the Eagles because his teams don't play – his teams in the past haven't played a lot of defense. Yes, none actually. Uh, Andrew DeCecco at a DeCecco NFL. Um, who is the guy that you think is the best fit? Uh, right now, I mean, if you if you kind of align it with Jeffrey's uh, message yesterday, and I think that if he wants to get younger and grow and head in the direction of, let's say, uh, the Baltimore Ravens or the Kansas City Chiefs, I would say Lincoln Riley get you know a young coach a young quarterback you got miles sanders you got Jalen rager um you have dallas goddard you have all these young pieces then you got to start getting younger on defense you have to get younger on defense and get some building blocks there but i think that would be the direction to go if you're kind of basing it off basing the the decision off of the message that he conveyed yesterday what about the offensive coordinator in buffalo dable oh i like brian dable a lot um i think he's going to have a lot more um a lot more, you know, opportune situations that are going to be coming up there. I don't, I'm not necessarily sure why uh, he's going to have every team lined up to bring him in. And given the Eagles' situation right now, I don't know why a lot of those, you know, prime candidates would want to come here. Uh, last night in the national championship game. Now let's start with this. Pick six. What direction do you think with what's on the board and what they need and where they're picking? What direction makes the most sense? Uh, if I'm if I'm picking at six, I'm going Patrick Sertan, the corner um, from Alabama, and then I'm going Chris Olave in the second round, the wide receiver from Ohio State. If a lot of it's going to depend on who their defensive who their coach is. If it's a defensive minded guy, then all of a sudden Michael Parsons and and Sertan and and, and Gregory Rosell, the the defensive end from Miami, these guys enter the conversation. If it's an offensive guy like a Lincoln Riley, well, then maybe it's an offensive tackle. Maybe it's a Devontae Smith. Should he make it past Miami at three? Maybe it's Jamar Chase. But um, it can go. It, the pendulum can swing a to swing one way or the other, depending on who their head coach is, and just based on the difference uh, of philosophies. What do you see out of Devontae Smith? I mean, I seriously sit there and I feel I'm giddy when I'm watching him make plays. He's all over the place, and last night was definitely special. Yeah, but you, and you said the word right there, Hunter. He's special. When you take a, a wide receiver in the first round, you want to have special – you want to see special qualities. With him, is he going to be your prototypical X, the guy that you expect to see in, in the first round, that DK Metcalf? Not at all. But he's a movable guy. He's explosive. He still has room to grow as far as adding weight to his frame. He, 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 he's a tremendous route runner, and um, he's somebody that you can get in space, and, he, and he's a difference maker. You get those guys there, and you figure out how to use them after that because he is a phenomenal talent, and I think if you're trying to get younger and more explosive, you, you get him in the offense with all of a sudden Jalen Rager and and um, and Miles and, and all the guys that I mentioned and Jalen Hurts, a young coach, and the, the Eagles have 
the makings to have one of the better offenses in football. All right. Uh, I, you know, the draft process is going to be coming here shortly. And, of course, Andrew uh, is very tuned into that. We're going to have a good time talking draft with Andrew uh, oh, as yeah. that gets a little closer. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, one thing I want to get your take on is um, in terms of uh, the guy who makes the picks for the Philadelphia Eagles, Howie Roseman, um, do you feel – are you in the camp that feels that he has – the ultimate, ultimate final say. In other words, it's my way or, you know, we've been told so many times it's a collaborative effort, but that the new coach, as Connor mentioned, how much says he's going to put, that Roseman is going to ultimately say, look, we've been having this collaborative effort um, because we talked about this earlier in the show about, you know, there was a time when Andy ran the draft, right? And mm-hmm. Andy was struggling a bit. They weren't drafting very well. And, and Jeffrey Lurie came out and said, you know, Andy has a draft board. And Howie has a draft board. And eh, we didn't really go off of Howie's draft board all that much, but now we're going to start going off of Howie's draft board more. So do you think that Roseman will actually have more of a voice instead of Um, what he had before? I think for the betterment of the franchise, uh, Jeffrey Lurie needs to to take a step back and and kind of let let Howie, but also make it a more collaborative effort with Howie Roseman and John Dorsey. I think John Dorsey is the key here. He needs to have a bigger, more more of a say, and let Howie handle the contracts in that situ- and, and that area, which is more of his expertise. Um, but I think that Jeffrey had a bigger voice in the draft that many realize, and I think he really once you see the results. The results are staring you right in the face. I think you need to say, okay, for the betterment of the franchise, to avoid these questions and being put under put under a microscope, I need to let these guys do their thing and, and, and let John Dorsey really have more of a voice there. Right. So in the follow-up, I guess we should say, do you think there's a possibility that Roseman is not a part of the draft process, that they get someone else to take over that role? Um, I think there's an outside chance. I don't think a very good one, given that him and Jeffrey seem to be attached at the hip, which is unfortunate if you're an Eagles fan because um, they, he really values Howie, and 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 obviously the results haven't been very, uh, very. The results kind of speak for themselves. I mean, they're not very boastful. I mean, he's really whiffed on a lot of crucial picks here, uh, and now all of a sudden you're looking to try to add another receiver for the third year in a row because the past two haven't really panned out so far. So, I mean, I, I, I have a hard time thinking they're going to bring in another guy and have him kind of work with John Dorsey to do that. But who knows? This offseason is off to a crazy start, so I wouldn't rule anything out. All right. Andrew DeCecco at a DeCecco NFL. We know their salary cap strapped. They're going to be some big names. They're going to have to get released. We'll keep an eye on that and more. Go to 973ESPN.com for all the latest on the Eagles coaching search. And of course, Andrew, like all guests, appeared via the Boardwalk Honda hotline. Andrew, take care, man. Sure thing. Take care. He'll be back on Thursday. We'll talk more uh, offseason and draft and all that stuff with him. And of course, it is powered by the Inside the Birds podcast. They made an emergency podcast last night on this whole Eagles situation. And tomorrow morning at 6, they drop a brand new one. Jeff Mosher is on the show tomorrow. He is reporting that the Eagles are talking to Lincoln Riley. Now, I have a college coach on my list. Did you five. Did you give it away with your gift usage? Well, if you're following me on Twitter, I might have broke that information. But coming up at 5.30, we'll give our five. But you can follow me at Mike Gill Show and see who that college coach is. 
But my college coach is not Lincoln Riley. He did not make my list. No one with a mullet either. Any no, mullets? this guy doesn't go mullet. All right. Didn't know where you were going. I know you like that Big 12. Okay, well. So if you follow me on Twitter, you'll see who my college coach is that I want to be the Eagles head coach. He's my pick. And I have my five. You got your five? I got my five. PT, five o'clock. Get his thoughts. We come back anytime. Hotline. Been bracing myself for this for 24 hours. You're going to hear them. Coming on next. Turn it on. Leave it on. The Sports Bash on 97.3 ESPN. The, you kind of like this guy, but when you can't decide between the filet of fish <laughs> or the... ESPN. All right, 4.30 on a Tuesday. It feels like it should be Friday already with the way this week has kind of gone with all the news and how everything's just kind of been so crazy, don't you think? Well, it's only Tuesday. That's so. why I said. It yeah. feels like it should be Friday, but it's only Tuesday. Good old Tuesday. Did you watch Bachelor last night? I did not. I went Natty Ship Sixers combo. How long did you last on the Sixers? I gave it a good how do you do. I went to the midway through the fourth. Yeah, I mean, I... Like, I went I, to 9.28 like I when took, I bailed. I took notes for the Sports Talk with Broads pod. I mean, I'm telling you, I wrote down third quarter run. 30-10 to 10 Atlanta run. 45-12 to 12 run for Atlanta. Danny Green couldn't buy a bucket. Pick and roll defense destroyed. Al Upes to Capella all night long. I had notes, so I watched enough. Yeah. Had to break it down. No, I watched a lot, too. I mean, a lot of those notes that you... Like, there was a run in that game where... Just the Sixers just couldn't make a bucket. It was that second quarter. Couldn't make a bucket. Got ugly. Danny you know, I was told a lot of this was going to change. <laughs> the new coach, I was told before well, it was the coach's fault. And now this new coach was going to come in, and all of a sudden, things were going to change. They're working with some guys out there that, uh, yeah, similar to the guys I had last year. Yeah, <laughs> pretty <laughs> can't much. Can't make a bucket. That's what happens when you have guys that can't make a bucket. You get that product. Well, one of those guys was Danny. Shorthand. One of those guys was Danny Green. He finished like zero for nine. Well, he's the only guy they got. They yeah, could he did, shoot. Did make a couple free throws though. Had or two. He had two points on the night. So this news with Beal, I'm in on that. I trade Ben Simmons for Beal. You would Harden, eh? Bradley Beal. Where do I? That's sign? really interesting because I'm not saying you're wrong for feeling this way, but a lot of people would say that James Harden is significantly a better player than Bradley. He's Beal. a better scorer than Beal. He ain't a better shooter and. I think Maxi has made people confident enough that he can handle the ball. You need to bring in a veteran point guard, I think, to, to back him up. And then you'd have Maxi and Beal play the, the back. Oh, so together. you're saying Tyrese Maxi's now going into your starting rotation? He's your star- you traded Ben Simmons. He's your starting point guard, and then and then Beal would replace Green. Okay, okay. so you'd have Tyrese Maxi, Bradley Beal, or it would be Seth. Cur- That'd be pretty. Sp- You'd have Curry. Cur- okay, so Maxie, Curry, Beal, Curry, Max. Beal, Tobias, and Bede. You're yeah. pretty small back there, though, with their young, 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 young rookie. You know? He's a nice little defender. He is, though. Yeah, he gave Trey Young. Trey Young had to work you're, yesterday. You're taking a hit defensively. There's no question. Yeah, you but got some small guys out there on you're, the floor. You're shooting it. You are, sh- <laughs> you are uh, shooting the Bradley basketball. Bradley Beal, to me, there was a game that I went to years ago. They were in the process. 2012, 2013, I think it was. Sixers, Bulls. Sixers are winning the game by like 30. And Jimmy Butler 
comes all the way back. He ended up with a 50-burger that night. Took him to overtime. They win the game. And I was in the building for that game. And at that point, you know when Blevins said, I've seen him live in the building a couple times, Bradley Beal. There's certain guys when you see them in person and see how their game. It was that night that I said, Jimmy Butler is on another level. When watching him on TV is one thing. Seeing him in person and just take over mannerisms, body, boom. Bradley Beal, same thing. When I watched him last year, he's the real deal Holyfield, man. Not that Harden, not. I saw Harden in, in Philly last year. He could score at will. I just don't think he's a winning player. You might say, well, what the hell has Beal done? He's on a 35-win team. That team stinks. Well, also, keep in mind, if you want to play this game, Bradley Beal's 27. That's an, I was just going to say. And the other thing is, the age lines up more in line with the long term, more than, hey, I'm taking my shot right now. No, I'm surprised. Plus, because, I think Harden's a knucklehead. Yeah, I, I do agree with that. There's definitely something to that side of things. But with Beal and Ben Simmons, like, are, are you just frustrated with Ben? Like, what? How no, do you I just think ben Beal's right better. Okay, but like, I think where do Beal's you stand? A better fit for this basketball team. If this is who Ben is, are you moving him at some point within the next year or two? If this is who Ben is, what am I getting in return? Well, of course, that's going to be you know something like a you know we're at this point when we speak of trading Ben Simmons, we're talking about a Beal, a Harden. I mean, I'm not going to give you a Joe Schmo off the bench in in Cleveland. Yeah, for Beal, I'm doing it. Okay, I'm doing it. Doing it for Bradley Beal. You sold me on. That's been um, a big topic today. I mean, the basketball world's getting rocked by the COVID. COVID's getting bad, man. It is. And in the NBA, it's starting to get ugly. The NHL had some issues. They're still The Penguins had issues. So I was scared that they weren't even going to start the season on time. But it looks like they're going with it. Yeah, the Penguins had a couple issues. They're talking about issues. out in Los Angeles County, where my buddy lives out there, that they're now recommending that you wear a mask sitting in your house. Yeah, that's pretty ridiculous. Yep. That is egregious, really. Well, I... I I feel like the walls are closing in. Like, I didn't know anybody personally that had COVID for a long time. I probably now have eight people that I know right now. Yeah. Well, they- eight people in my family, I, w- I would say. Now, not people that I see regularly, but that live in New Jersey, live near here. The walls feel like they're closing in. Like, somebody's got it that you know. Oh, no doubt about it. But you're hearing a lot. Of, like, I, Do you know a lot of people that t- have taken the vaccine? I, I have some people who are nurses and involved uh, in the hospitals. Somebody who's a nurse who took it, somebody I know is on the list to get it. Yeah, I know a bunch of people just because they work in that field, so they get it and they get the opportunity to do yeah. it. So I, I'm starting to know more and more as the days go by of people that are getting the vaccine. So I don't I don't know what that means moving forward for everybody. Let's but just say it's not going at warp speed. I would agree with that <laughs> assessment. We are in <laughs> It's not going very quickly. Remember when the we were talking about the football season, like, all right, things will be back to normal by football season. We're now entering the next baseball season. And we uh, by the way, the commissioner came out saying expect a 162 season. I was a little surprised How by you that. You do. I was shocked. Well, I remember it was March 16th when everything shut down. That was the day I was supposed to go to Philly Spring Training. That's right. Have you had any conversations about that? We haven't even brought it up. I mean, normally I'd be getting ready to go to the Super Bowl in a couple weeks. We'd be going down there doing the show. Yeah, I'm disappointed. My first one. I'm furious because it's in Tampa, which I know like the back of my hand. Now, you mentioned L.A. being the next one. Is that too far out of our range? Because you had this, this sound in your voice like, ooh. I'm going, I've never been to Cali. I'm just saying, not you know, not that I have a voice here. I feel like Doug Peterson, but it's an know, expensive trip. It is a guy's trip. You know, we can have some fun. Well, I'm just saying, like, it's an expensive trip. Let's just say that. I, I know. You know, 
My budget's only so big. Well, maybe we can ask Town Square Media to put in That's some sand. My budget at Town Square is only so big. Well, we can and I don't know that, multiply it. Yeah. Uh, a flight to Atlanta, not all that expensive. A flight to Minnesota, not all that expensive. A flight to Tampa, very inexpensive. Eh, a flight to L.A., they might say to me, I don't think so. Well, why don't we do something like we did the other night where you had to get home to call a basketball game? We drive there, and we do the show live the every car. day in the car as we fun. as we drive. Like, along the way, because then we'd have to drive home, and that would suck. Yeah, that would be the bad one. That would be the bad one. It's, I'm not going to rule it out, but I'm just, like, not even thinking about, like, you know, I had some emails from, like, ESPN and, and Westwood One. Hey, you guys coming to the Super Bowl this year? And I'm just like... Is anybody going to the Super Bowl? Now, last night, National Championship game had fans there. Did it seem odd? No, not really. We had, what game was it? Was it Tennessee Ravens that had so, I was I was almost taken away. Did you see how many people were in that crowd? There was like 20,000, wasn't yeah, there? Yeah, something crazy like that. Yeah. yeah it's, it's almost odd now when you see people at a game. Yeah, but I didn't have, uh, it's weird. I had a, like it stood out to me in the NFL playoff game, but in the college football game, it was almost second nature, which I don't know why that would be the case. See the celebration in Tuscaloosa last night. I did. Made me a little uncomfortable. A little, little bit. Yeah. All right. Uh, anytime hotline calls. Let's play a couple of these and react. You ready? Of course. Are you sure? Of course. Just pain. Just pain. I mean, yeah, Peter had a bad year, but how he had a few bad years. The only thing how we were together was finding practice squad players. That was about it. But as you can see, that didn't really help us out this year. And he traded for Tate. But guess what? That didn't really amount to anything. So it's just kind of hard for me to see why they won the direction they did. Just sad. Now, yeah. Sad. Now, you said at the top of the show, and of course, these are pre-recorded calls on the Anytime Hotline. You don't want any Howie. Howie out of here. I feel the Anytime Hotline's probably going to be heavy on the Howie conversation. I would imagine. I mean, I, I said to, to, to Rob earlier, um, 85% of the fan base to me, I think, would be only happy if Howie was gone. Yeah. I wonder, are people sad that Doug Peterson's gone? I felt that it would be more of a fight for Doug Peterson. It's almost as if everyone is almost okay with Doug Peterson getting fired, and that's a little strange. This guy won the Super Bowl. I don't see people, maybe I'm just not seeing them or hearing them, banging on the table, pissed off that this organization just made a dumpster fire move. Do you feel the same way? Like, have you heard that outrage that no. I can't believe they got rid of Doug Peterson? Not by too many, no. Which no. is kind of surprising to me, considering the emotional ties of winning that Lombardi trophy would set in, I would imagine. Yeah. I would think that more people would be vo uh, voicing their displeasure. Yeah, uh, I, I agree with that. Maybe somewhere on this uh, Anytime Hotline. Uh, I'm so happy Doug Peterson is gone. Hopefully we change our whole scheme, and maybe even Carson Wentz comes back next year, and when around a good head coach, someone can scheme him into becoming a decent to good quarterback in this league like he was two, three years ago. Um, maybe our new head coach actually runs the ball to our most talented playmaker on the field, Miles Sanders, because as you see, he's very talented, and when you feed him the ball, he'll have big runs. Overall, I'm just so happy that Peterson is gone. On, on cue. Not that guy. He said hopefully the next coach can make Carson Wentz decent to good. 
That's how far. That's how far we have fallen off with the I quarterback think Doug play. Succeeded at that. I agree. Until this last season, of course. Yeah, I thought Doug Peterson obviously did. Like all of the thing that doesn't connect with me is for the people who just despise Doug Peterson and act like he did nothing whatsoever. You look at Carson Wentz and his success came with Doug. You can't just pretend that that's not part of Carson Wentz in 2017, in 2019 at the end. Doug did play a role in that. I think Doug played a huge role in Big it. Big role. That's how NFL coaching works. So to act as if the guy has done nothing, that's where I got to draw the line. All right, anytime hotline. There's just too much controversy within the last three games of the season. Also, I think that they should have gotten rid of Howie Roseman. Instead of keeping him, um, it's kind of maybe it starts with Jeff Glory and his team uh, and not choosing the right personnel and stuff. So we'll see how it goes during the offseason with draft picks and the free agency. Uh, but I don't see this team being a winning team within the next couple of years. You know, I, I feel like um, like at this point, if you're going to take the time to comment on why you're angry, just just to say it's you're you're pissed at Roseman, like that's a waste of air. Yeah, I just wonder. You know what I mean? No, I, I understand what you're saying, but I just wonder from a Howie Roseman perspective, right? What if this upcoming draft, and this goes back to the conversation on who's making the pick, but let's say they pick. I'm just hypothetically speaking, Jamar Chase at six. But Devontae Smith was available. And Chase becomes a Jalen Rager. And Devontae Smith becomes a Justin Jefferson. How many more times of this scenario, no matter who's in, whoever is making the pick, at what point is enough enough? Like, if this happens two more times, three more times. Like, it feels as if Howie Roseman is safe forever. When is he not? I, don't, I guess I'm one of those people that I don't get mad at things I can't control. And, like, to me, I've come to the point, and I've come to terms with Roseman. What did Motti say? His seat's not even lukewarm, let alone hot. I know it's not. So, like, I just don't point my anger to him because the owner doesn't point his anger to him. So how could I be angry at him? Well, I think the the fan base is thinking that that is why we're in the position I don't think like a we're... normal fan. Right, but I'm just— So my point is— I get it. Roseman is the GM, and I think he's part of the because he he enables the owner. That's why you're pissed at him, right? It's more that he enables the owner than he's inept at his job. Because I think Roseman might actually be good at what he he has qualities that are appealing to this organization that have helped them be very successful over the years. Oh, it's how he sees me. They didn't make that up. The fans made that up. Well, it was one year where he hit on everything, and then right. it became Howie's season after one year of 2017. He but hit on everything. The point is, though, Roseman hasn't been in charge very often to be able to make a Howie season. So when he got the opportunity, he hit it out of the park. He won the Super Bowl. You're not going to be great every year, and you're not going to be perfect at your job every year. He was given the opportunity to build a team, and he built a Super Bowl roster. Now, he hasn't been able to keep that roster plentiful. Is it because he's inept at his job? We're acting like he's been the, the, the decision maker on this team for like 15 years. I just, I'm somewhere in between you and the fan base. Like, I think personally, like when I hear you speak about Howie, I think you give him too much of a pass. And then when I hear the fans, I think they're way too. He won too... the Super Bowl. I know, but that's at, at some point, that's not enough. He's been the GM enough. of the team 
Well, then what is enough? You well, I mean, five Super Bowls? No, I mean, you can't look at this current structure and be like, well, since Howie won the Super Bowl, this doesn't matter that it's blowing up. No, it matters if that it's blowing up. you were the GM up. of the team, he's really been the GM of the team since 2016. 16, 17, 18, 19. So then we can't give him any credit for any... If you, if that's what you're saying, then we can't look at those NFC Championship runs and say he I never have. No, I know, but... I, well, you brought that up earlier with... Oh, I'm saying that Lori... That Lori is insinuating that he has been a big part of this all the way back So then. from 2016, I would say the drafts have been horrendous. Right, Not good but enough. he started drafting... And I don't even know that... Like, again, he's not the traditional drafter that... I'm the GM, I sit in the room, I make the pick, and that's the way it goes. Like, But maybe that's the problem. It is the problem, but that's this organization right. that goes back to Lori. So that's why I say I don't point the finger at Roseman, I point the finger at Lori. Oh, Lori absolutely deserves more blame than Howie Roseman, that's for sure. Yes. For so, sure. Like, in 2016 is when he, he was down the hallway, and then he basically was like the interim GM while they were deciding what to do, and he just was kind of running the team. They asked backwards themselves into him winning the Super Bowl. So, because he won the Super Bowl, they weren't going to get rid of him. No, I agree. They didn't deserve to. I, look, I'm just saying that I am like I feel I'm somewhere in between. I, I yeah. don't agree with the fan base that says it's like all him. And I, I do think sometimes you lean a little soft too. on no, him. No, I think there's he's part of the problem. Yeah. But if you say to me, what's the number one problem? I don't think he's the number one problem. I think the number one problem has been Lori. I can agree with that statement 100% because like he's Brett the one that Brown. gives him Brett the position. Brett Brown was on the list of problems. I don't think he was number one. He had been there too long. His voice was getting stale. I don't think it was because he was this horrible X and O guy that the Sixers you know, lost. Their roster was not very good. And he wasn't some master tactician, fell on that list, but it wasn't my... Like, people woke up the next morning, they wanted to kill Brett Brown like he was the worst of the worst. I feel Roseman is not as bad at his job as people are making him out to be. He built a Super Bowl roster. He got them to the playoffs for like if yeah, I but how gym, much of that roster was left over from other that's where people have the problem is when you step in and you have all these pieces that others drafted, it's you took over this and yes, he if that year you cannot take away the J Jai trade and other things. Yeah. It was one year of of beautiful execution, but he took over a roster that well, he then just added the little top not on Not necessarily, on top. because this is where it gets a little murky. Because some of the guys that were on that roster came from when he was in charge the previous time. Jason Peters, um, Lane Johnson, Zach Ertz. He drafted those guys. He drafted Ertz. He drafted Lane Johnson. I think he was involved in the trade that got Jason Peters here. So it's like he had this little bubble back here. And those guys were a big part of why they won on the other side of the bubble. I would say we talk about who's number one. It's definitely Lori Carson Wentz. But I would say that he was well, about to get ran out of. Time. But that was number, a big reason why you won the Super Bowl. Yeah, number two would be Howie though. Like number two on the list is Howie after Jeffrey Lori. That's how I would put the list. See, I would probably go Lori. The injuries big problem because a lot of the guys that Roseman may or may not have had a hand to draft in, we haven't got a chance to see. Yeah, but what it, I always bring this up is I feel part of the reason why we're in this conversation of injuries all the time is because your GM relied on these older players. And it's not just the older players that are getting injured, but sure, there are a lot a of absolutely. them. Absolutely, but on the flip side of that, if those players work out, maybe the team's really good. So it's not that he picked bad players. He made a bad decision in... And I think Lori kind of said it, and so did Roseman, that those two guys had the mindset of, 
we're going to do things a little unconventional to go for it. In other words, when Roseman and Lori were part of the Andy Reid regime, at 30 years old, you were cut. They didn't care how close to a Super Bowl they were. They didn't care how good that player was. You were out. Trey Thomas, thank you for your service, 30 years old, gone. Hugh Douglas, thank you for your service, you're 30 years old, gone. Jeremiah Trotta, thank you for your service, 30 years old, gone. The list goes on and on and on. And here they are this time around, and they changed that philosophy because they won the Super Bowl, and they felt in 18 and 19 that they were still right there. So they kind of went off script and brought in these older guys because they thought they were so close to get. And so winning that Super Bowl, I think, was to the detriment of where they are now. Oh, for sure. Everyone says it was the best thing and the worst thing that ever happened to this franchise. More on that coming up. South Jersey's radio home for Philadelphia Flyers hockey is 97.3 97.3 ESPN. All right, 453. Tuesday with Thompson coming up. We got plenty more anytime hotline calls. The anytime hotline was buzzing last night. Sports Bash is brought to you by Cash Pop from the New Jersey Lottery. You need to match just one number, 1 to 15, to win Cash Pop from the Jersey Lottery. The more numbers you play, the better your odds of winning. So pop in and play because anything can happen in Jersey. All right, we're going to give our five coming up as well, a list of five. I have a little tease at Mike Gilshow on Twitter of the guy that I'm advocating for. Might be a little bit of a surprise. He's a college coach, by the way. Wow. Probably a name that not too many people in the audience even know who he is. So just throwing that out there. So if you're intrigued to see who it is, at Mike Gilshow on Twitter, I have a little uh, meme of the guy. Now, who do you think PT wants? Bob Clark? No. Rob Brindamore? No, PT would be... Oh, no, <laughs> he would be the Deuce Staley. He would be Brian uh, Dawkins, <laughs> Bill old, Cower. Get some old guys in. Yeah, here. Bill Cower, Tony Dungy. You know, he wants that guy. Yeah, I'm thinking I he guess. even wants guys who don't even coach. He just wants guys that have that Philadelphia tie. Most likely, I would imagine that that would be the route. Schwein would probably advocate Dick Vermeil coming. Oh back. yeah, no doubt about it. Five year contract. Offensive coordinator is. Um, What's his name? Um, oh, man. The guy they made the movie for. Vince Papali? Vince, yeah, Papali. <laughs> Vince Papali's offensive coordinator, and Buddy Ryan's corpse is the defensive coordinator. Oh, jeez. I was thinking that, but I didn't go there. Yeah, that's Billy's new you, setup. You think no. Billy No, Billy would coach? go with Seth Joyner as oh, the yeah. defensive coordinator. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Trying to think who would be the offensive coordinator for Bill. Probably Jaworski. Would he be the quarterback? I feel coach? he thinks he could do it. Run the ball. <laughs> yeah. 2021. You gotta run the ball.